okay, okay. What do I want to talk about here? <laughs> um, do you know how long it's been? A while since we recorded. Um, life intervened, yes, and, and 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 work intervened, and and holy moly! But uh, but but we're back. Here we are in our our. Uh, what do we want to talk about here? Leveling up. What is this? Leveling up AI. Copa. Oh, see, seriously, who put this on the list? Jeb, you put this on the list. AI co-pilots are the thing of the future. There's actually another story here. Did I put them together? That's kind of related to this. Um, And... I yeah. saw there were else. two stories. There was one about a uh, yeah this. So the one that's linked at the top is about fighter pilots only having a, a pilot, uh, fighting fighter planes only having a pilot, and uh, uh, and and you know like like goose would be a Raspberry Pi or something like that you know in the back seat, um, but. Uh, um, what's the other story? He always was. I mean, he wasn't a pilot. What the hell? Well, I don't mean that. I mean, he was a human is what <laughs> yeah, I mean. Okay. He was a human. Uh, where was it? Wasn't there once, wasn't there a story here too about, uh, about, uh, uh, airlines might go to one pilot with the, with the, uh, uh, we we did that did a while we? back. Well, anyways, uh, really, do you think I see, I, I think. It depends on what I they mean think. Yeah. I think I would decline to ride on an airliner that only had one human cockpit. Oh, correction, one human pilot on board. I, I, that's that's my level of trust. I I've already not declined to ride on an airline flight. Now, airliner, you know, implies jet. Yeah. You know, large jet. I get that, but there's lots of lots of flights going with only one pilot and a good autopilot out there. Mm-hmm. So I think li- I think but, that okay. ship has sailed. But the, really, really, yeah. I didn't. I wasn't even aware. Of you're, t- you're talking like smaller, like yeah. like regional jets and prop, you know, turboprop yeah. uh, airliners and things like that. Sure. And 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 even you know PC twelve surfer yeah uh, uh, yeah yeah caravans, um, you know they're doing the single pilot single engine uh, IFR yeah all the and time. some airplanes with less than nineteen uh, uh, under, seats yeah, uh, right I guess. I guess yeah. Tupper yeah. will be happy because uh, twi- yeah, Tupper will be happy because it increases the chances that having the fish will work out the way he wants. Um, <laughs> but uh, well, there, you know there are bright yeah, okay. sides too. Give this. me, give me one. I, what what is, I want. That's, 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 that's one. The only okay. One. <laughs> all right. Yeah. All right. You and Tupper think that's a bright side. I would not be very happy with that that uh, arrangement. Um, I don't know, man. AI. Uh, so in a fighter plane, that's different. In a, in a com- combat Why? Because I, I, because I, combat environment, it, it, when you're in a combat environment, the chance that your your machine co-pilot might have a problem is the least of your worries. Um, it's, you know, it's funny. I remember after I became a pilot, I, I've always off and on over my life read about um, um aviation warfare all right particularly i read a lot of it was a period in my life where i was reading a lot of books and stories about about the vietnam war and i remember reading about things like the the uh the uh forward air controller pilots who'd fly their bird dogs or their or their uh uh, what oscar deuces um out over the you know and and you just read about that lifestyle and and the crazy and and then after i started to go into flight training i read this stuff with a different kind of eye and and i was horrified at you know like the 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 low level of pre-flight that they do and the crazy things that they would do and i you know and it just like i i'm in currently in my regular day you know life being heavily trained not to ever do that kind of stuff right yet they did it routinely and i thought about it some more and and realized that that those problems those risks are the least of the risk that they are taking yes. right you know um yeah. Uh, and, and they're on a very important mission, so they, they you're, it's reasonable to take chances because it's an important mission. Um, and so, by the same token, it, it's like modern aircraft. It's like you know they they're going into a dangerous environment. They're taking risks, and those are reasonable risks. And adding an AI copilot to the mix probably doesn't measurably increase the risk. Um, but I think adding an AI copilot to a seven thirty seven Max does. That's my view. You think adding an AI co-pilot to a 7.3 Max does increase no, increases risk, risk. increases risk? Oh, well, you're going to be very disappointed to hear that it's I, I, already there. I, uh, okay. <laughs> 
That airplane's got enough sophistication that you can put all the information it needs in, and it'll fly itself from the end of the runway to the end of the runway. Oh, I want all that sophistication on board. I just want it on board with two human pilots as well. Ah, well, honestly, I mean, the co-pilot's there to make sure that the other pilot stays awake. Well, that, that's exactly my point. That's exactly my but point. But a flight here. attendant could do that. Well, that, uh, no, because the doors are closed and, you know, it's like, it's, you've, you've seen this. They do that interesting <laughs> dance. They do that interesting dance these days when uh, one of the pilots needs to, like, come out of the, out of the flight deck, usually to use the bathroom, um, where the, uh, actually, two, it, it's a very interesting dance to me anyways. Um, two of the flight attendants have to get involved. One of them has to step into the flight deck so that there's a second humid, human behind that door probably to open it, if not to lend a hand for something. But if nothing else, just to make sure there's somebody there who can reopen the door. Um, And then the other thing is that a second flight attendant stands guard of the outs of the, of the cabin side of that door while the, while the, uh, the uh, one of the pilots is in the, in the, uh, in the, Do you uh, really want to know why they can't leave the pilot it, alone it, in the <clears throat> cockpit anymore? Do uh, you remember the German wings problem? Yeah, I, I, I think I know what you're alluding to, and I guess, but I, yeah. Well, there. But okay. See, you're making my point. By the way, all right. Okay. You're making you're making my point. I don't want one human. I don't want only one human on the flight deck. That's I'll give my, you that one. That's I'll give my you that thing. One. That's my thing. So, anyways. Jeb, are you? I, I, I think it all depends on what you mean by AI, and I think a lot of and Amy's absolutely correct. A lot of what we're capable of, uh, technology-wise, as uh, a, a culture, it, it, we're pretty much yeah. doing AI yeah. okay. on these aircraft now. Go ahead. I'm sorry, um, but yeah. It, so it's kind of a kind of a, a stupid question yeah. in a sense. But it's stimulating yes. nice little and, and I and, and just to close this off, to be clear, I, I my concern is not the AI. I, I, AIs are pretty good these days, and they're only going to get better. Right? My concern is not having an AI in the in the in the, on the flight deck. My concern is having only one human in the flight deck. And there we go. Yeah. Okay. Well. Okay. Um, yeah. Gee. I thought we've all done that all the time. Most of yeah, our that's where I was going next to Jeb. I, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I, I'm not sure. It's a distinction uh, without a you difference. Know what? Maybe. Okay. All right. You know, Jeb, I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the pod. I think I have. All right. I see. I view, I view airline travel as basically one step removed from playing Russian roulette. All right. And so <laughs> I, you know, with all due respect to, to, to your husband, Amy, who I'm sure, you know, was an, an an outstanding example of the of the uh, of the uh, the type or the yeah. He was a great pilot. I'm sorry. I don't mean to demean pilots. I just I I hate being locked, strapped in the back of an airplane where I have no influence, zero influence on the outcome of the flight. I'm like I once they close that cabin door, I'm along for the ride, and whatever happens, yeah. I don't I don't like that. I don't like. Well, you you have the same basic level of faith or need to have the same basic level of faith when you're on the, the shuttle f- from the terminal to the no. rental car lot. You say you need to have the same you know, faith if, when you're on the tram or the train or something like that. Um, no, because I could I could demand that they stop. There's any number of better you know ways that you <laughs> you could no. do that now. You can do that now. You might spend right. six months plus, in prison. Yeah, but no, 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 no. <laughs> Five five thousand dollars. All right, right. we're gonna put this on a future list and talk about it more. Maybe, probably not. I I guess. I guess I'm just not. uh, You know, obviously, endurance and and length of of flights and things like that are are factors here, also. But for a two hour hop, uh, a highly automated airplane, I'm not sure it matters. Yeah, I'm with Jeb on that, but I also feel your pain, Jack. And I was gonna say, welcome to the realm of the control freaks. Because good pilots are almost all to a T control freaks. And so when they're not in control mm-hmm. of the airplane, they're very uncomfortable. Maybe that's oh, it. Yeah. 
You guys don't seem to be bothered yeah. by it, though. So, <laughs> I've long I, long ago dawned on me there's not a damn thing. Well, that's I can my do point, and I just so so I'm just going to avoid it if I can get away with it. But uh, I I can't. I just got back from the airlines, which I'm going to talk about later on. But uh, it was a fine experience this time around. Um, anyways. Welcome, folks. <laughs> On that note, welcome, folks, to Uncontrolled Airspace, the General Aviation Podcast. I'm Jack Hodgson coming to you from uh, just about at peak foliage. It's really beautiful up here in Dover, New Hampshire. Um, nice sunny day. You know, when the sun shines, I'm, I grew up here, so I'm a little blasé about fall foliage. But I have to admit, on a day like today, when the sun is shining and the leaves are all orange and, and yellow and gold, um, it can be pretty spectacular. So uh, that's today up here in, in Dover, New Hampshire, and it, it's uh, very, very nice. Um, here in our virtual hangar with uh, two of my very, very good friends, uh, coming to you from uh, somewhere near Sarasota, Florida, is Jeb Burnside. Hi, Jeb. How are you doing? I'm all right. Um uh, just another day yeah, in right. Uh, I know, huh? You just got back from MBAA, right? Yeah. I did. I was up there for a couple of days, the uh, big uh, uh, business aviation convention and mm-hmm. exhibit, uh, or exposition, I guess it is, uh, base um, up in Orlando. Um, lots to see and do. Uh, a lot of, uh, I, I, they literally covered it. I, I don't think there was a single topic that is uh, being discussed anywhere in the aviation community today that wasn't discussed really? at the show. Uh, yeah, is is covered. I mean, is that much. not usually um, the case with MBAA? Yeah, it's, it's pretty much the, usually yeah. it's usually the case. But I think um, some of the uh, I don't know uh, UAVs, for example, um, um, VTOL operations, uh, highly automated. All that's getting more yeah. and more attention. Um, uh, and I don't know. Uh, and there are some. There are some. Uh, well, the other thing I thought, or the other thing I noticed, um, the the exhibit floor itself has downsized from previous really? years. Really? Okay. Uh, and some of that is mm-hmm. COVID. Some of that is uh, supply chain. Some of that is the uh, big airframers, um, which kind of moved out of the exhibit hall out to the static displays uh, at, at NBAA, have found that uh, being at the static, having most of their uh, um, exhibit rather than an acre, taking up an acre on the exhibit floor, um, they can do something much better and, and even more cheaply. Uh, more inexpensively out at the That's very interesting. Place. Okay. It is very interesting. And you don't have any really, you don't have as many COVID You don't have concerns. COVID concerns. But and put, put COVID aside for a second, though. I, as an event guy, I would imagine that the static displays don't get as much people, attendee traffic. But that's not necessarily bad because it's probably somewhat self-selecting. The better the better prospects it, it, are the ones it, that go to the field. It, 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 that's, that's probably yeah. true also. Huh. Um, I don't know, <clears throat> but I, I, I and that's some of that's probably um, by happenstance. Some of that's probably by design. Some of that's uh, yeah. Uh, who knows? Uh, but um, the, the, now that's not to say that the exhibit floor was not huge, and that's not to say that it was not crowded or especially crowded. Um, it, it was crowded on several occasions that mm-hmm. I was walking through yeah. the hall. Uh, you know, dodging people. And, oh, man. And people dodging yeah, I mean, we're definitely like past that, that aren't we? Yeah, um, yeah I was yeah. just at a conference yeah. last week, too, and uh, um, I, I was marveling at, at both every, the everyone's, you know, uh, comfort level returning, and quite frankly, mine, too. I, mean, I kind of, Every now and then I'd catch myself yeah. and i go, is this really smart, Jack? Should you be a little bit more careful than this? But, yeah, we're doing that. Anyways, um, I, if I remember, I'm going to ask you more about MBAA in a few minutes. But before I do that, before I forget, um, please let me say hi to us uh, from from uh, somewhere near what remains of Fort Myers, Florida, uh, is Amy Laboda. Hi, Amy. How are you? Hi. I'm, I'm uh, in a very optimistic mood because the weather has has turned miraculously cooler. And uh, Yeah, you guys were just marveling when during, before we pushed record. You guys were talking about what a beautiful day it is down there. Uh, what's it like? Uh, just just as I said, it's a little bit overcast, a little bit sunny, a little bit overcast again. There's a mild breeze of six or seven knots out of the north. 
And it's a balmy 72 degrees, which is Mm -hmm. just fabulous as we're still detoxing from our 10 days without power when it wasn't like that. Yeah. 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 Let's. You went, you went, you yeah. went 10 days? Yeah, we had a bump on and then it dropped right off again. That time I texted oh, you and okay. said, Don't hate me, I, uh-huh. it only lasted an hour. Uh-huh. <laughs> let me, uh, <laughs> yeah, let me. Well, well, I, yeah, I, well, I owe you, I owe you both no, dinner. No, uh, at, my, at my place. Okay. Because uh, I, I, I got my power on. We had a little bit of side effects. I see. Okay. Um, but um, but I'm sorry. So it's, what's, uh, what, I'm sorry you were without power. What happened? Did you have some sort of incident down there? No, 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 no. That was the hurricane. <laughs> yeah, the hurricane. That's what I mean. That's Hurricanes what I mean. You guys- guarantee no power at some point when you have overhead overhead lines. So yeah. so at, at, without, without intending to dox either one of you, um, it, it is... I think it's okay for me to say that you both live very much in the path of Hurricane Ian that just passed through, and uh, um, I, and I was sitting up here in New England, just just very very worried for you, and and uh, apparently you both come through okay, and I'm glad for that. But it must have been quite uh, quite an adventure, and that's um, that's probably the wrong word to use for it. But uh, it, it, what was it like? What, what you know? I mean. What can you tell me about? First of all, you guys are both fine, right? You, you, Everyone's you, fine. Yeah, and uh, and your house still has a roof and and things like that, right? You're you're good in that regard. Yeah. What do you okay. mean by mostly? <laughs> mostly has a roof. Um, you know, I mean, we've seen all, all kidding aside, we see these horrible picture, horrible pictures of people's houses that are now, um, you know, toothpicks, splinters, and uh, um, and thankfully neither of you had that kind of an experience. We we don't have a house on a barrier island. That's the reason why. If you were on a yeah. barrier island for this storm you were in a very very bad place unfortunately and if you were actually on a tidal body of water you were on a very very bad place and jeb you were awfully close to a nasty central florida flood we're going to come back to that yeah so amy what uh what can you tell us about your experience and 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 the the uh and the you know kind of clean up and result and that kind of thing Well, honestly, I was kind of cloned because um, I had a previous engagement in Orlando, uh, and therefore I was in Orlando at my kid's house during the storm while my husband was here holding down the fort. And I Mm -hmm. was feeling very, very guilty, and I was in constant communication with him. So I kind of lived through the storm that way. I also had some communication with Jeb, so I I, kind of, you know, it it was heart-wrenching for me because I saw what was happening even when the power went out and they couldn't really see very, very well what right. was happening anymore. And I was letting them know you, you're in the eye, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and that was very, very gut wrenching. I'll be very honest with you. No, I'm not um, surprised. I mean, I'm just friend and I was terrified for you guys. So I can yeah. only imagine how you felt for your husband. Yeah, but it absolutely. was worse because I knew that I knew that the hurricane was coming at us and I was yeah. in a less capable house and with a, with a two-year-old. Um, right. and, and that house did flood and we managed to keep it in, from in being a disaster. It, yeah, in, in Orlando, Orlando, flooded, flooded. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. They they took. I mean, there was fifteen inches of of rain in yeah. Orlando and a lot of wind. Um, so it was a it was a sleepless night because it happened all in the middle of the night. Uh, Jeb, you caught some of that because because it was after sundown and it was still roaring at your place. Yeah. Yeah, it was in the in the midnight, early early uh, numbers um, was the peak of it. I had I'd been up all day fussing around and watching all this, and uh, I was running fine on generator. I, I, I was I was looking outside. I could tell what was going on, uh, and I said, "Look, you know, there's nothing I can do if the house blows apart. The house is not going to blow apart. The roof comes off or something like that. Uh, I'll know about it immediately." Yeah. But you know, I'm I'm going to go to sleep, you know, and I so I kind of slept through the worst wow. time, to be honest. I I, um, I mean, but, noise aside, I, I, stress wise, I'm not sure if I would have been able to sleep. Adrenaline wise, I'm, I was I was tired. Yeah, I was okay. out from it, all, yeah. from it all. 
But um, I got up the next morning and holy, you know, um, uh, Hotel Sierra. Um, um, we can talk about that. You know, I don't know if Amy's finished or not. Yeah, no, go, ahead, no, I yeah, mean, go ahead, Jeff. Go ahead. Um, well, um, it was being in the middle of it, um, such as it is. Uh, it was kind of like you know the worst of the, or the, the 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 corniest parts of the Wizard of Oz. There's you know just dark wind rushing by, a lot of rain, and uh, I didn't open any of the front doors. I was looking out the back. Uh, the, I I just briefly popped the the front door at one point, and it it was it was a major push. To, it opens outward. It was a major push to to get it moving. So I just locked it back and yeah. walked away. But. Uh, I actually talked to the manufacturer of my hangar door up at NBAA, and I told the guy, I said, by the way, I just want you to know one of your doors just came through, Hurricane Ian went mm-hmm. out of scratch. And he's like, oh, yeah, let me, let me get your car. I'll we'll, we'll follow yeah. up. Said, yeah, whatever you want to do. Um, um, but, um, you know, I, I got a little bit of water into the hangar, not enough to do any damage, and yeah. that was it. You know, I lost some shingles, lost some pool cage screens. Um, now, if you need some firewood, <laughs> I, I could, I, I could hook you up. I, I I've got, a, I yeah. know a guy. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. You got, you got a lot of trees down there, a lot of brush down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, I've just, just at the finished the big part of getting all yeah. that cleaned up this week. So now, now the, the the name of your development became national news. Uh-huh. Um, it did. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, that, yeah. but and and you came through that part of the whole thing okay as well. Uh huh. Yeah. What? What is it? The, uh, without giving everything away here, um, there's a river that runs just east of the development uh, I live in, and um, it's you know Central Florida. It's a slow moving river. It's filled with crocodiles and um, alligators. Alligators, yeah. and, and alligators, and, and all After kinds. After you've of been in Florida stuff. a while, long, water moccasins. Yeah. Well, that's the, that's good, <clears throat> Jim. I'm sorry. Water moccasin. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, it flooded. And um, in doing so, it uh, broke through the levee, protecting a major segment of the yep. neighborhood, of the development. And um, several houses were inundated. I don't know the exact number. I don't know. I'm sure. I, I know uh, one instance, um, well, I think the water got up to like six feet in the house, uh, like above the refrigerator or something like that, uh, briefly. Um She's still obviously recovering. FEMA's been in and out. I just saw State Farm go by earlier today. You know, it's it's uh, uh, for for those people, it's you know a life changing yeah. event. Uh, and I, I, you know, I want to help them as much as I can. Uh, I am not one. I I got through very very luckily. Um, just minor damage, and uh, um, except for the loss of all the trees. Uh, no real long-term lasting mm-hmm. effects. Good. I am so glad to hear that. Uh, yeah. I, I share I share your feeling. The, the cleanup was daunting. Um, getting out in the yard and just trying to get these big branches and sticks up, and you go to pick it up, and it's impaled in the ground. Uh-huh. So you can't just pick uh-huh. it up. You actually have to yank it and pull it out. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, just the general exhaustion of that – and our generator was not set up to support anything except the freezers and the refrigerator, so we were we were pretty pretty dry camping here, which was rough. Well, when I mentioned earlier that my generator you know, power we lost power at one thirty in the afternoon on Wednesday as the hurricane started up mm. and didn't have it didn't get it back for eight days, but uh, um, my generator was running fine. All through the all through the event, I had electric. I had a light air conditioning. Dang. I had. Oops, sorry. I, I even. I yeah. I even had internet. Okay, and so I could see a little bit what's going on, and and uh, really wasn't telling me a whole lot. But um, the next morning, I didn't have internet. I still had the generator. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was. I had to. I couldn't get out with a normal car. I couldn't get out of my driveway with a normal car because of a fallen tree. I went around it with the Jeep. The ground was so soft that you needed the Jeep. Uh-huh, around yeah. Um, and uh, drove around a little bit. There was a lot of, uh, let's, let's call it solid waste um, all over, all over the. Uh, really? 
uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm sitting here looking at the county has a map of storm debris pickup stats. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it's color coded collection pending yellow, I mean, gray, yellow, blue, all these colors. Um, collection completed is colored in green. I've zoomed out for the whole county and nothing is yeah. colored green. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Crazy. Yeah. A collection in progress, there's some smattering of blue. Um, start date for my neighborhood to be determined. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, I have to say that that my neighborhood banded together and we got the stuff collected and we got it out of here to a depot uh, staging point, which the mm-hmm. county started yeah. creating these staging points because you couldn't get into the dump with the stuff. Um, and we were very lucky to have one of those reasonably close by. And we were very lucky to have some individual homeowners in here who have heavy equipment skills. Mm-hmm. So yes. uh, it required big, heavy equipment and time and a lot of energy and teamwork. But we have been yes. able to get uh, the the large bulk of the uh, vegetation, which is what took most of the bulk. Yes, we've still got some metal and and stuff oh, like sure. that, but it's sure. no longer obstructing the roadways and obstructing the taxiways. And and I right. have to say, uh my hat is off to this entire community. They they really pulled together and made this happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the exact the exact opposite happened mm. here. But I, but I'm not going to go into yeah. any detail. You, Although, you if I, I, well, okay, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but um, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, I can't. I couldn't taxi the runway if I had to. Now, yeah, right, um, yeah, yeah, right now. Because uh, what? Tr- Russian trees, or, maybe or? brushing trees and you know, other. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, low-wing wow. airplanes can't do it. No, can't do it. Amy, on one room. of my forty foot wings. Amy, on one of my room. visits um, over the years, uh, I came down to visit you. To, we were going to have lunch, and and you took us out onto uh, one of the barrier islands um, down there, where we went to this really charming little restaurant that's part of an inn, as I recall. Do you remember the restaurant I'm talking about? Do you remember where we went? It was right out there on the edge of the. Uh, it wasn't actually on the edge of the Gulf because it was yeah. in the edge of the, the inner. You we know, were uh, on Pine Island. Yes, uh, Pine Island. And I know that some of the dramatic images, YouTube stuff I saw from during the trip were from Pine Island. Yes. I'm just kind of curious whether any of that stuff out there is even still there. But uh, Uh, I can't answer your question as far as that little resort. I love that place. And so it's a little bit heartbreaking. And since the bridges were out, you can't really get there to look. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Barry yeah. went up yeah. one morning because he was going to try and help somebody take a look at a house that they owned out on one of the islands, and it was fogged in. So he said, you know, once he got over the water, it was all fog. And he said, you couldn't see Pine Island, you couldn't see Sanibel, you couldn't see Captiva. Um, so they turned around and came back. Yeah. But it's okay. They're all going to rebuild out there. So, uh <sighs> Yeah. Some will rebuild. Um, they will certainly rebuild differently. Uh, I hope they rebuild differently. I mean, this is. A, I, I mean, I was sort of making a, sn- a, sn- a snarky joke because it's just like you know. I mean, they they, yeah, they they, they put them. I don't know. It's it's well, heartbreaking, but you know, th- th- this is what's going to happen out there. They're in an incredibly fragile sist- situation, and and yeah, it's going to even smaller hurricanes are going to devastate them, right? I don't know. Maybe I'm- well, there's the nature of the barrier island. That is not a stable piece of coastline. Yeah, I know. You have yeah. to understand it's a sandbar. That. It's, a, it's sandbar a sandbar with some trees right? on it. Um, and not if anymore. you're in love with that, I yeah. get it. But you have to assume the risk. And you realize that that you couldn't get flood insurance out there that was affordable. Um, So the people and the businesses that will rebuild will do so because they had a deep pocket to do it from. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're all glad that you guys came through and that uh, so many of our friends did where you send our, 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 our heartfelt uh, you know, kind of concern out to everyone out there who who didn't come through it so well. Um, but uh, yeah, what an adventure! Wow. Yes, it, yes, it was. Still is. Still is. Uh, still, right. still is. Still is. <clears throat> Anyways, we should probably talk about airplanes. Um, 
Let's see now. Uh, Amy, you seem to be all in an uproar about this uh, 737 that lost a tire. Um, I just got to ask the question. So what's when the story? What in happened? this universe, yeah. at, at a modern airport, does an airliner, a very common airliner, land, blow a tire, and be unable to clear the only runway for nine hours? Nine hours. Where? What's nine What's hours? the story here? Where did this happen? Uh, it happened at my local airport, uh, Southwest Florida International Airport. It happened two nights, two afternoons ago, and so at eleven something in the morning. And and I'm talking didn't just blow the tire. There were, he was on the rim, okay. Yeah. Um. And then the other one just kind of boiled off from the heat of everything else. Uh, there's some speculation in in the the metaverse that there was an anti skid malfunction of some kind or another. Ah, um, uh, that that, that okay. actually caused the blowout. Or, that or? actually caused the blowout. But yeah, okay. but what I don't understand is United needed a specific kind of jack to get this airplane up so it could be towed off the runway. And it took nine hours to figure out that they had to get it from Tampa. And somebody, wait a second, from airport to airport, somebody drove it to Fort Myers in the horrendous traffic that we have right now, where a typical 20-minute ride for me on I-75 takes an hour and a half right now. Mm-hmm. Well, that is that mm-hmm. is kind of remarkable, and I mean, uh, yeah, and they had to divert all the rest of the traffic. They had to cancel every flight for the rest of the day. <laughs> there's yeah. almost no outgoing traffic after eight o'clock at night, and they didn't clear the runway till after eight o'clock at night from eleven o'clock in the morning. How does that happen today? I. I- I, you know, I know that, uh, and, and RSW is a, a part uh, 139 airport. I know they have to have certain crash rescue medical um, standards met. They have to, you know, uh, equipment, et cetera. They have to have, you know, a, a bunch of other things in place. I'm kind of surprised that being able to you know, remove from the runway any aircraft that's a- allowed to operate there is a little bit um, um, short-sighted. Yeah, think. I don't know. Yeah, think. <laughs> I mean, is it? Is it? I don't know. Was there more to the story? Did did uh, did this piece of equipment get taken away because of some sort of hurricane relief thing? No, and, uh, hadn't well, made its back. Had it made its way back yet? Or what? What kind? Of, this is a seven thirty-seven yeah. Max. It's a 737-800, not even a Max. Oh, not even a Max. Do you know how many 737-800s operate out of that airport? Yeah. I don't know. A lot. Just a lot. Trust me. Yeah. And they didn't have the ability to, they didn't have a jack for it. Okay. If it had been my debonair, they'd have just stuck a forklift in it. Right. Exactly. It dragged that sucker off. Yeah. 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 Well, all right. Well, I I don't know, you know. Um, I mean, one of our, one of our listeners surely knows the answer to this question. Oh yeah. So let's, let's hear from you. Uh, Tell us why. If there's any story behind the story here, um, that, that would be yeah. interesting. That would be interesting. Yeah. Um, not really related, but a we another wheel story here. Dreamlifter lost 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 a wheel, and t- this one does sound familiar, Jeb. Did we talk about this last episode? The Dreamlifter. No, this has been recent. This is just another. You know, you picked a fine time. Yeah, to lose wheel. I know. I know. It absolutely <laughs> is. It absolutely. Ouch! Amy. That's a great picture of it coming off too. Amy, Amy, yeah. Amy wasn't present when we told this joke last episode. <laughs> So, yeah. or, or 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 the or the you know Time sixty e- earlier episodes, know, yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but I have been in aviation for more than forty years, Jack, and I have yeah, heard right. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, anyways, all right. So, wheels are falling off. Um, so, unrelated to wheels falling off, I have an airline question. So, uh, my followers on Twitter will know, and I think Jeb, you know, Amy, you may not, um, that I had the pleasure of traveling three different legs over the last week and a half um, on uh, 737 Maxes, which was really sobering, you know, kind of, uh, you know, given my my concerns earlier, my statements earlier about my 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 uh, my 
you know discomfort with airline travel. Um, I, I sort of knew this going in. I you know I glanced at the uh, the reserva- the uh, the flight the ticket information, um, and I noticed that I was scheduled on 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 seven thirty seven Max equipment, and then I immediately blocked that out of my mind. I just didn't want to know, and uh, sat down in my uh, in my uh, my window seat, and and came face to face with the safety card in the seat in front of me, in the back of the seat in front of me that said seven thirty seven Max, and I'm going. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, I think they. I'm pretty sure they fixed these things, so it's going to be fine. But uh, yeah, it was it was it was interesting to try, and they were fine. I mean, of course, it's like they they, you know, knock on wood, but they seem to have figured that whole thing out. Here's my question. Oh, only took them a couple of tries. Well, a couple of tries. I mean, what, I'm thinking back on it now. It's it's in the past now. How long were the 737 Maxes grounded for? It was like over a year, wasn't it? Two and a half years. Yeah. Wow. Anyways, they're obviously back because I wrote on three of them the other day, this past week. Here's my question. An interesting um, procedure that I maybe I suppose airlines do this all the time. I've never noticed this before. Um, we were taking off out of St. Louis. Um, I, I, I changed planes in St. Louis. I got off of a regular, I was on Southwest, so I was on 737s all the time. I was on a regular 730, regular 737, a non-max 730. I was on a 737 min, all right? And uh, um, on, on my leg from San Diego to St. Louis, in St. Louis, I changed planes onto a max. And and I was sitting in my window seat and uh, and not paying an awful lot of attention to takeoff and, and that kind of thing. And I suddenly, very soon after rotation and liftoff, I kind of glanced out the window and was surprised to notice that we had turned, I say turned on course, I don't know if it was on course, but we had turned away from runway heading. Like we were like 30 or 45 degrees off of runway heading before we reached the end of the runway. Um, and I know small our airplanes, smaller airplanes, if you will, do this routinely. You know when it's safe and when it's called for. Um, for some reason, I just assumed that that would be an unusual procedure for an airliner. Is it thirty or forty degrees off? Yeah, runway? We at least thirty, maybe forty-five to the we had on a right that's, turn. That's not a, that's not unusual. Yeah. What I'm typically, I mean. <sighs> It depends on the op specs and, <clears throat> and whatever else. Um, for Part 91, you you generally want to have 400 feet of altitude before making any turns. 400 feet. Yeah, we were probably 400 feet. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I'm guessing you did have that. But, you yeah. know, if the air traffic control is just trying to fire them off in all the different directions, uh-huh. um, that does expedite the next guy's departure. It, it absolutely does. Um, sending 30 degrees off course, off runway heading, uh, is going to rapidly increase separation. Yeah. And uh, uh, it, it could be the direction they want to go in the first yeah, place. Yeah, no, I mean, I get that part. I just, uh, for some reason, and, and, and thinking about it, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm sure this is very routine. But I just had, I don't recall that I've ever noticed it so dramatically, the case before. It usually seems, at least to me, your basic window seat passenger, that the airliners kind of climb more or less straight out for a while, you know. Um, they get to like a few thousand feet at least before making any sort of dramatic turn um, off of that runway heading. But that, uh, it's possible. I'm missing. I'm I'm mistaken about that. Just because I don't pay attention to what you know, you got to watch the ground to know whether you've turned because you can't feel it in, from the cabin seat. So, anyways, I just thought it was interesting. I mean, it was really notable. I mean, I, I was really surprised how far I, that we had not passed the the numbers, the 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 end of the runway, the the numbers be, when we were really off of he- runway heading and uh, it was just it was just in- interesting you um, know what i find notable about this whole conversation though is the, you called you called the airplane a min a, a, yeah. a, and in fact the irony is that the max you had less leg room in because they oh, stuck well, more people in <laughs> yeah there's that yeah there's that but uh, yeah, it's mostly making a lame joke about the word max and anything that's not a max must be a min but yeah I, <laughs> no that's absolutely true it, it, it's just getting i i get it now getting more oh okay <laughs> all right all right this will come up at the next meeting <laughs> Uh, what else is going on here? Uh, they they busted a guy for shining a laser at a pilot. Good, good yay, good for them. And, he was, and guess where he's? Oh, from. look at this. He's a particular. He's not simply a Florida man. He's a Sarasota man. Uh, 
Well, yeah. well, is there any story behind this, Jeb, or are we just like... I don't know anything about it. Are we just pleased uh, that there's than, consequences? We're pleased I'm that there's pleased consequences. That, yes, absolutely. And and that they actually figured out how to, how to find these guys. They have done that. This is not they, the first they, yeah. one I've seen. They are getting no. really good at finding these guys. I agree. More women. And, uh, but yes. Um, it's it's always a guy, man. <laughs> okay. It's always it a guy. I mean, I don't know. I'm sorry. I think it, I think the double X just takes the desire to shoot lasers into pilots' faces away. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't. I, I can't. Your logic is unassailable. <laughs> I got nothing. No, got honestly, I don't know. But it is weird that it does turn out to be guys more often than not. Yeah, well, it's like, yeah, okay, because guys are jerks. We're they just are. I mean, it's. Just, I didn't know. say that. I, I want to go I, down as never having said I that. I totally acknowledge that. That <laughs> that. Uh, never mind. Don't get. Let's not go into sound this road. Airplanes, airplanes, airplanes. Uh, uh, this is a good question, Jack. Which one is that? Why no one will build an engine for Boom yeah, for their supersonic so, airplane? So Boom is this this program that they're trying to design a a, a, a supersonic transport an airliner, basically. Um, and uh, I, I haven't been keeping up with this story. I just, quite frankly, don't. I cannot take this airplane seriously because of its name. I just don't think. I don't know why they decided to call a supersonic airliner. Boom. I mean, I, I I do understand from a, it's kind of a clever, cute thing, but from a marketing standpoint, that's exactly what you don't want to associate with your supersonic airplane, I think. But, so I don't pay attention to this program. What's going on with it? It sounds, Amy, like you've been on some level, been paying attention. Well, what's going on with it? Uh, only from the groupie level. I'll be very honest with you. I love the idea of supersonic flight. I'm still kicking myself that I never took a ride on Concorde when I had an opportunity um, yeah. trust me, still kicking myself. And, um, so I'm kind of a groupie. I like going fast. Um, come on. Who doesn't like going fast, Jeb? I mean, really? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, everybody wants to go fast. I, I, I don't know. I, yeah. but the, the, the thrust of the article, as I recall, is the problems that boom. And I think by logical extension, all other, um, developers of a supersonic airliner, su- supersonic civilian transport, excuse me, um, are going to face something of the same problem. I don't know exactly. I didn't read. I haven't read this lately, so I don't know exactly what it says about why Boom and, and other um, potential um, supersonic transports are going to have the same problem. Um, but I can certainly see uh, there's there's a lot of uh, um, research and development expense involved here, uh, and there's no guarantee whatsoever that um, this particular airframe is going to be a success. I think that's where the real problem is, because uh-huh. the problem with supersonic flight is not the engine technology. We have that, okay? Right. Uh-huh. It's the it's the boom. Yeah. Yeah. For lack of a better term, uh, it's getting rid of the shockwave. And they say that they've done that, but without the demonstrations and the data and the FAA certification and the guarantee that they can fly supersonic over the continental United States and over right. Europe, this, this is not going to happen. And I think it's a cart before the horse problem. So, okay, yeah, you need an engine so you can get this thing going. But at the same time, nobody wants to go customize out or trick out military supersonic engines and make them economically feasible for an airliner if, as Jeb said, it's an unproven product. Right. It it almost doesn't matter who the airframer is. Yeah. Uh, to a great extent, but you know, other economics are, fa- are a factor here too. It'd be great to have a supersonic airliner, supersonic transport. It would be wonderful. We could do all kinds of things, um, but the normal airline flight doesn't travel that far. The subsonic is perfectly fine for the normal airline flight. Correct. And so, so you've got a, a built-in limit on your on your market. Yeah. Well, I was it now so Concord went away 
well, there's probably a complex equation here, but it is it is very complex, yeah. But but at least part of it was that they just couldn't make money at it, and 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 the re- one of the reasons, part of the reason why they couldn't make money at it. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm telling you, was because uh, because they couldn't fly supersonic over over land. Yeah, uh, that was always that was always a problem. The other part of the problem was they were getting old. Yeah, and they weren't getting right, and they weren't being updated. And, but there's yeah. one yeah, more I mean, well, problem. They only sold them to Air France and to British uh-huh. Airways. There were only like uh-huh. six of them that were ever in existence. Oh, Remember, that makes them piece, all yeah. prototypes. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I never heard that part of the story before. The, so the people who made the Concords re- declined to sell them to any other airlines? No. The airlines never exercised their options. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. Well, They backed out. Yeah. Um, let's see. Number build according to Wikipedia twenty. Yeah, twenty total Concords were built. No one will ever make money on a lot of twenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. So, so I'm sorry. I guess maybe I missed the story. So they they can't find anyone who's willing to build an engine that will fit their specs. Is that what you're saying? Boom, boom can't. That's find what I mean. Them. Boom can't yeah, find. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, all right. Well, the story, what's the who, just if people want to look at this more closely, we'll put a link in the show notes, but the story we're referring to is, oh, well, all right, from 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 that leader in aviation journalism, view from the wing. Um, <laughs> well, it's a passenger's perspective, so I, fa- I feel for the guy because he travels constantly. He would love to see supersonic airliners so he could go all over the freaking world fast, right? That's, you, you're I saying get that. that the person who writes this website. Yes. View, view from the wing. Thought leader in travel is the subtitle here. All right. Well, so, uh, so yeah. All right. Well, that's interesting. I, uh, but I would, like I would wager. Yeah. Now I've seen his, I've seen his stuff a lot. Uh, but I would wager that if he understood, um, what he gave up in terms of comfort, like the, the Concord was very small and not yeah, terribly comfortable. I've, yeah, I never was uh, on board one, but yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I that. He might think again. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, why is he traveling on the airlines anyways? Work from home, take a train. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. All right. Moving wasn't on. There, there were, no, no, no. Wait, before we move on, though, so wasn't there was another supersonic airliner program, Jeb, Amy as well? But we we talked about this like going back to the very earliest days of this podcast. That I could look it up, but I want one of you guys. You're to talking tell me. about Arion. Arion. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. Yes. Whatever became of Arion. Arion's gone, sadly, and yeah. it happened very suddenly. What, Jeb? About a year. Year and a half yeah, ago, something like that. You know, well, it's a shame we don't have some device. Yeah, I know, right? To. Okay, but <laughs> that's I don't need a device. I have you guys. Um, but uh, Arion was looking at a corporate version. Oh, it was. A, yeah, they were looking. They were looking at a ten passenger supersonic. Oh, it was jet. a biz jet. I guess I never really tumbled to that part of it. Okay, yeah. well, interesting. Yeah. All right, same same stuff all over again. You know, um, you know, I don't know. If humans were meant to travel that fast, I don't know. They would have given us. <laughs> that's really crude. SR seventy ones. What? Where are you we, going we, with this? Yeah, we'd, we'd have had Bluetooth. We'd have had Bluetooth built in to cover the audio. Yeah, there okay. you go. All right, that's much more. That's much more uh, family oriented than what I was going to say. All right, well, that's it. There we go. Um, there we go. Uh, uh, boom, boom. Yeah. All right. Ooh. I've written down on my piece of paper. I like to write down potential episode titles, and I wrote down boom groupie. Boom groupie. Okay. Boom groupie? Yeah, boom groupie. Hey, uh, I, I took him there. That's all my fault. Uh, um. You know, <laughs> you give me a straight line, I will run with it. Um, uh, John Zimmerman. Who, um, I, I'm trying to remember if John Zimmerman is a listener. He may or may not be, but uh, let's see. If he posted on Twitter, um, and uh, I don't know. I'm not sure if he's a listener, but he's posted on Twitter picture of one of these little, uh, uh, I was going to say a quadcopter, a human-carrying quadcopter, but it's an actually human-carrying octo-quad, octocopter. Um, we've seen pictures of this. It's the Jetson Arrow, um, and uh, it's gotten a little bit of press recently. It looks a little fighter plane-ish because it's got a single-seat, sleek-looking um, frame. It doesn't even have, a, I mean, it's, I guess technically it's a fuselage, but it has very little skin to it. And... Uh, 
And his question on Twitter was, he says, and he, he prefaces by saying, this is a serious question. He said, is this general aviation? Um, and, uh, and I got into the thread immediately because I like to pretend that I know what I'm talking about, about these things. And so my response was that, it, that uh, if, in general, if it's not the airlines or the military, then it is GA. Um, and then his question was, he was under the impression that this was a ground effect aircraft, that it never got out of ground effect. It was essentially a hovercraft. Um, and uh, and I, I don't believe that's the case. I believe this particular aircraft does go, um, and I actually looked it up. It, it's its webpage says it can go as high as 1,500 feet. So I think that when these things become common, they will be considered part of GA, whatever that's worth. Um, Is an ultralight part of GA? Because I that believe- looks like it would come under ultralight <laughs> rules. Yeah, well, oh, well, that's interesting. I don't know whether it's, they've it's even... It's possible it could. Have, I mean, yeah. I'm not having been paying attention to this stuff. Dave could have told us, all right, but uh, that where we are on, on regulating these new aircraft as they become human-carrying human, human carrying aircraft, um, whether, they'll be, whether they will be certified as, as ultralight or, or, or light sport or something else or hovercraft or... Um, but uh, do either of you know how, what, where we are on how those are going to be, be certified? And, and Off, offhand, no, I think... I don't think anyone knows. There is there is a whole ASTM process yeah. going on right now to yeah. make that happen. There's a whole division of the FAA. That all is going to happen. But these aircraft that are very small and very light and single seat will that you need to understand if it's an ultralight, there really isn't. That's like part one hundred three. There's barely yeah. any yeah. rules at all. Yeah. You could just get one. Put it together and go fly it. Well, that's an interesting question. I wonder whether, you know, but, but yeah, okay. That's, I don't know. You know what? This, pop- this doesn't look all that utilitarian. No, it doesn't. I <laughs> No, it doesn't. <laughs> this, this, this is something you do while you're on vacation in Vegas. But honestly, power, yeah, right. powered parachute guys would argue yeah. <laughs> the yeah. utilitarian yeah. point. Yeah, no, it doesn't need to be utilitarian. It can be fun. I think this could conceivably be a fun no, aircraft to fly. I'm just I, saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're not, you're not going to do anything with it, but have fun yeah yeah but and, uh, and, and maybe visit your orthopedic but this is <laughs> yeah, okay. but this is this is not far removed from something i think jeb you were alluding to earlier which is the whole you know uh, you know urban air, aerial transit yes, um, yes. stuff that's, mm-hmm. that's yes. getting getting to be a big deal these days um yes, i think i saw there's a draft um i don't know if it's ft faa or ntsb um thing about re-specifying how you make um, landing pads for these things, right? Have you seen this? Yeah, there was, that was just uh, it was like a, a airport. Uh, I think it was a Part 150 AC or something about yeah. uh, uh, facilities for. I was uh, yeah. For EV, e, I don't know what they call it. EVOTLs. I believe is, is that sounds current, could be like right. Yeah, current, you know. Uh, and I presume the E is for electric, but I don't know. Yeah, um, but I guess the. I read the first couple pages of that. You're right. Well, 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 I've seen I've seen a proposal, or I've seen a discussion paper, or I've seen uh, maybe it's an advance notice of proposed rulemaking or something like that um, about how the FAA is going to regulate uh, operator certificates. I didn't use the word pilot deliberately, right? Uh, and what uh, what the technology will allow, what it won't allow, and and how much training is going to be required, and all these kinds of things. Uh, if you know, and presuming that being able to legally operate one of these devices does not require a pilot certificate, as as we can as we know them now. Really, that seems <clears throat> I, I've seen some of that. If you ask me. Well, it it that's part of the discussion. Yeah. Okay. Okay. As I understand it, um, we haven't even gotten to talking about structures or uh, propulsion or. Um, you know, weight and balance, or or you know things of that sort associated with these vehicles. Um, the other thing going on is it's kind of like the well, um, there's a lot of, of companies out there that are trying to come up with an EVTOL that that uh, oh yeah uh, before the other guys come, and yeah. someone's going to win and someone's going to lose. Um, that race. Um, once you know that dam breaks, um, who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, yeah. It's it's all pretty interesting. 
Um, Amy, uh, um, I'm going to ask you. I'll ask you the question we used to ask Dave. Amy, um, okay. would you fly one of these? Would you fly one of these? Uh, this little one seater octocopter thing? Yeah. Let's start with depends who built it and how the pre flight went. Yeah. <laughs> But have I, have I flown ultralights? Yes. And are ultralights general aviation aircraft? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 That, that's, let's dispense with that also. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Cool. Uh, cool. But, uh, Where am I here? I've lost my place. Here it is over here. Uh, reaching the end of our allotted time here, but we've got um, new rule. Let's military part 135 pilots apply more hours towards their ATP rating. What what is the uh, oh I put this on this list. Oh, <laughs> Oops. No, it, this looks like it makes sense. This 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 is very common sense. Really? Based on the headline alone, I was suspicious and assumed that this was just another way to sneak low time pilots into the right seat. No. No. It's talking about the quality of time that can be uh counted towards their 1000 hours of air carrier experience requirement. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. So, you know, it 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 really is uh piloting command time on demand, multi-engine aircraft operations, things that that probably should have been counted all along for people who had high quality time. I mean, what do you think, Jeb? Um, I, I'm hung up on something here, but um, I, I'm sorry. Ask me the question again. I was I was reading through this and I had a question, but go ahead with yours. Well, I was just going to say that I think what they're doing is trying to do a little fix on this whole 1500 hour rule thing, where some people who had high quality um, experience weren't getting any credit for it. Okay, sure, that makes perfect towards sense. their yeah. ATP. Yeah. Um, I guess uh, one aspect, and maybe it's a favorable one when you're considering airline operations, but one aspect of, of military training, I have to hasten to add, I've never never been through it, but is standardization and doing it um, a certain way, and, and, but also doing it under supervision, uh, <laughs> close, close supervision. Um, so some of that you want to see in an airline operation you want to see standardization you want to see close supervision uh and that's fine and dandy as far as that goes and that may well jibe really nicely uh, um the military using broadening the amount of military experience that can be applied toward toward a civilian operation that's that, that may be perfect i would also suggest that um having some solo time uh, and perhaps not so structured and not so well supervised uh, is not something that we should ignore. Um, I, one of the things I'm kind of proud of, all things considered, um, my multi, uh, I, I probably have more multi, well, let me put it another way. I have solo multi-engine time, and I don't think there's that many people flying the airlines these days who do. Mm-hmm. I hear you. And yes, I agree with you because this single pilot uh, crew resource management is like a real thing, believe it or not. Yes. Yeah, it is a real thing. And again, it's not a matter of are they being trained incorrectly <clears throat> um, um, and are they being standardized incorrectly or, or, or they're being monitored, supervised incorrectly. It's more a matter of they don't have this other kind of experience. They don't have a whole lot of solo experience where they can't bounce an idea off of the guy sitting next to them, the guy or gal sitting next to them. And you got to depend on your own, I don't know, your own decision-making capabilities. Um, You can't, you can't press pause and run home to mama and say, you know, what should I do next? Um, There needs to be some, I think some experience with some of that. And certainly seeing this kind of single pilot operations we were talking about earlier when it comes to commercial uh, activity. Uh, again, I come back to standardization and standardization. And if there's one thing the airlines have figured out how to do over the last 20 years, 30 years, is um, do everything the same way every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Okay. And that, you know, military pilots may be the best resource uh, for the airlines. I don't know. 
Interesting. Okay. Yeah. All right, then. Well, there we go. Oh, fork time, I think. Fork time. Fork I'm time. with you there. Um, thank you, guys. It's, I appreciate it, guys and you guys, we're all, we're all just guys here. I don't know. That's probably a bad thing to say. I'm sorry. I apologize if that's no, Amy, Amy, I'm really Amy. okay with being one of the guys. <laughs> okay. I, I hope you are. I hope I hope everyone's okay with that casual I'll, use of the language. Um, I'll, I'll hold him down, Amy. You can beat the snot out of it. <laughs> Thank you very much, folks. Uh, that's Amy Lavota. Amy is an ATP pilot who, after 40 years in the aviation community, enjoys giving back as a lead fast team representative. She's also a retired aviation journalist and likes to describe herself as an assistant airplane builder. She manages to avoid most social media pretty good, but she can be occasionally found on Twitter at Amy Lavota. Just her first name, last name bumped together. Thank you, Amy. Uh, Jeb Burnside. Jeb is the owner of Sarasota Firewood Supply, and he's also a <laughs> freelance aviation writer and editor serving as the editor-in-chief of Aviation Safety Magazine. He's also a regular contributor to other aviation publications. Online, you can find Jeb's work at aviationsafetymagazine.com. His magazine is on Twitter as avsafetymag, and you can also find him at aea.net, avweb.com, and on Twitter, he is BurnsideJ. And I'm Jack Hodgson. I'm a private pilot, a freelance writer, and a digital media producer. You can find me online in most of the usual usual places by the all-one-word username Jack Hodgson. Find me on Twitter, on YouTube, on Patreon, and other places. You can also find my eBooks on Amazon by searching for Around the Field in the Books section. And you can sign up for my Around the Field email newsletter at AroundTheField.net. Thank you, folks, for taking time to listen. Um, if possible, please become a supporter of this podcast at patreon.com slash uncontrolled airspace. Or you can make a PayPal tip jar donation, care of the email address podcast at uncontrolled airspace.com. Just fifteen or tw- uh, t- 10 or $15 over the span of an entire year is a big, big help. Uh, so we thank everyone who has helped us out that way. And we love to hear from you all. So uh, you can use that same email address podcast at uncontrolled airspace.com to send us your uh, comments and corrections and uh, and uh, and compliments, I guess. Right. Um, anyways, that's enough talking. Uh, let's go flying. <laughs>